This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know. What is poppin' everybody, and welcome back to another Only Friends podcast, where I'm here with my Only Friends, I'm not and you know... You're not my friend. No. We got the number two, Matt Berkey, <laughs> in the building. I'll tell you what's popping is your fucking, your mic, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we loud? You popping those peas? No, it's yeah. not yeah. we. It's we just louder? you. It's not we. It's never a we thing. Oh, well, fuck. You know, sometimes we get loud. I understand. Yeah. A lot of energy do, on a Monday morning. You gotta do what we gotta do, baby. That's right. Yeah, I'm looking awfully, uh, awfully black and gold today. Oh, awfully dusty. Yeah. Ooh-wee. A lot of black and gold Yeah, you also here. have this fucking pumpkin head. Mm-hmm. Pumpkin? Yep. It's orange. It's fucking gold. Are you are you colorblind? That's yeah. orange. No, that's definitely not orange. Oh, okay. That's orange. That's orange. It's um. It's burnt it's, orange. It's burnt. That's you. It's burnt it's yellow. Burnt yellow. It's more of a mustard, to be very fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it, a mustard. There you go. Okay. No, mustard's listen. like bright yellow. Oh, hey Hish. Hey. What's up? Hey guys. What's poppin', Hish? What's up? What's going on? Give him a proper intro, Conrad. This is the only thing you're good at. Well, uh, this was you're supposed to be your job. You're I understand to, you my job. You were supposed job. to pass it off. And you were supposed to go down the line. Are right. we already off the run of show? We're already like completely we, off track. We started yeah. with we no run of show. We don't have a run of show. I have okay. Steelers written on run of show. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's welcome Hish Salama into part. the building. Hish is um, a friend of the family. He's in banking. He's going to tell us all about the SBF stuff today, and you know. All right, so to be clear, I just wanted you to do that so I didn't have to say his last name. I'm going to actually properly give him his yeah, formals fine. now. Uh, former, uh, <laughs> formerly Executive VP and Chief Digital Officer of Bank of the West, you're currently the Head Chief Digital Officer. Is that correct? Yeah, I have yeah, that backwards? Yeah, you're good. Digital you're Chief good. Officer? No, it's, that's what, the what does that mean? What, what, tell me what that so, entails. So the Chief Digital Officer is responsible for all digital properties. So if you're thinking of a bank that's mobile and online banking, just at the highest of high levels, mobile and online banking. Okay. Hmm. Pretty big. So um, you are in the streets. I'm so in the streets. Speak. I'm in the mobile banking streets. Right. The digital streets. The digital streets. Right. right. Yeah. So you, you've, been, you've been in this game a while now. We're the same age. Yep. Give or take. So yeah, welcome you, to your forties. Yeah, welcome, Joy. Yeah, thank it's you. nice to have thank you, you here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Nice to have you here. Yeah. What does it feel like? Um, th- listen, this weekend almost didn't happen. I'm being dead serious. Then like, it really happened. It was a th- then it did happen. <laughs> but last week was very touch and go. I missed Thanksgiving with my family. I had a dual ear infection, a viral Ooh, infection. Like I was laid up for five days. Damn. And there was part of us that you know I didn't know. My whole family was flying out here, but medicine. It worked wonders. We got through. We uh we had a good time Saturday. Nothing yes, like did. the evolution of man. Honestly, That's that right. party That's was right. popping. Honestly, funny enough, the two best parties I've been to in my life. One was at our house, which Hish kind of put together, and the other one was on Saturday night, yeah. which Hish put together. And mm. I'm I'm happy to do it for yeah. you guys. Like this is uh this is what we do. That just means that Conrad likes bands. Yeah. I mean, that's the only, that, that's, I mean, well, yes, you're the common, you're say, the common well, denominator, uh, but so are bands. That's, that's not it, definitely not the bands. I mean, I like the bands. Oh, well, it's great. I'll tell you who really a... liked the bands. LaManna liked the bands. I like the go. bands. Do I like it more than Jen? Well, LaManna liked the bands, Jenna liked the bands. Yeah, Landon Landa and I were vibing. Ah! I've never seen Landon so happy. Look at Jen, she was on stage. She said, you know what, I'm going to get up there and uh, be part of the band. Why not? 
She didn't even move the microphone down. That is a oh, fucking she did eventually. Amazing. Uh, she broke all the rules. She made a pizza. She did make a pizza. <laughs> she made a pizza. She, she made in, a burger. She was in the fucking kitchen living life. I looked uh, over and I'm like, Jen's in the kitchen. I just see her and she's just like this. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Rules <laughs> were broken. We had a good time. We had a good time. Yeah. Landon and I, uh, we're, we're new, new dance yeah. together. Dynamic duo. Dynamic duo. That's what it is. Yeah. I never saw the tortoise move so fast. Yeah. I mean, you get you get. Two, we're keeping it tight. Yeah, you get '90s rock music. Going. The tortoise shows up. <laughs> it was good. The show was not happening. Show was uh, <laughs> That's yeah. I was so happy to get her face here. <laughs> she said, "That's just my face." I'm like. <laughs> That's just your face when I'm doing these kind of things. Yeah. God love her. My favorite part what? is Brian when he, when he really took it home. <laughs> Thank you for that. Hey. We had a really good time. We did. Thank you, Hish. Oh, yeah. My, my pleasure. And happy my birthday. Pleasure. My pleasure. Happy birthday, Glad Hish. everybody came. Everybody had a good time. And I apologize for the 18-minute slideshow uh, my sister <laughs> thought was very appropriate. Yeah, it was cool. And she tried to tell me that it wasn't 18 minutes. I'm like, I see the timestamp right there. <laughs> no, like, I think it's great. It I'm really just cool. curious what happens now for your wedding. Do you get a 45-minute slideshow? Yeah. Uh, I, I Is know. the wedding slideshow just the pictures taken from your 40th birthday party? That, that would be good. How do you top this party to for your wedding? I, I don't know. Like, I, I have ideas. Like, What band I, do you invite to come I to, heard you're to your wedding? Yeah, well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about. It. I gotta I gotta work things out with Amanda, but uh, we we will see. But clearly, like we. By can't. the way, he's not even engaged. Yeah, yet. I know, but just, just to be clear. <laughs> she's she's listening back at the hotel. It's okay, but uh, we'll, we'll figure out how we top it. I have ideas. All right, I have ideas. I, I don't doubt that you are yeah. an idea guy. I am I am an idea guy. You have a lot of ideas. You know what he really is? Is he's a destination guy. So I can promise you this much. Whatever ideas he has drummed up, it's going to cost all of us money. <laughs> he's smiling. He's smiling. Sure. 100% going to cost us money. We got off it's going to be inconvenient as fuck. Like, it's going to be like... There, it's going to be amazing. Oh, it'll be a blast. Yeah. It'll be an absolute blast, yeah. but I will dread every moment leading up to it. Mm -hmm. I will be annoyed. It'll be like on a fucking Thursday in the middle yep. of the winter time. <laughs> I heard you know. Turks and Caicos is nice this time of year. How Tur many people flew out here for your party on Saturday? There were, I mean, I think about 60. <laughs> and, and listen, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you the craziest thing coordinating this is the people you did not expect to show up showed up. I mean, there were people I hadn't seen in years. People flew in from Canada, I think was the furthest. Um, I didn't expect those two friends to fly in. And then there are a bunch of people who I went to high school with that like decided last minute were coming. Sweet. That's and then so some awesome. of like my closest friends like were unable to make it for various reasons, but um, it was good, man. It was good, and I'm really glad we got to all share and enjoy it. Uh, that's that's all I wanted for my birthday was to have a couple drinks with like the the family I've got here in Vegas. So I admire you so much. I could never in a million years throw a party for myself. Why? I, it wouldn't like the thought of it. Just like well, is overwhelming to me. In theory, I have to talk to sixty people. Yeah, you just like <laughs> it was just like, hey, send me your email addresses. Berkey was the very first person to RSVP, by the way, and I'm like, there's no way this guy's showing up. You sent the RSVP I when I was on your couch in North Carolina in fucking what was it? May. It was May. May. It was May. <laughs> he was. You, he was. His was only 35 when he when he sent out the invitations. <laughs> oh you have to send it out early. You got to get. You got to get a jump on the date. I had to book the venue, book the band. 
make sure it's all taken care no, of. No, it's great. I mean, yeah. you wanted to throw a big party with all your friends and you used your birthday as an excuse to do it. Correct. Right. Sure, that's it's it. not that's necessarily it. about you, just more so having a reason for the event to happen. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. on some random day, it's like, hey, I want to pick a random Sunday to throw something. It's like, oh, well, now I have work. Now yeah. I have this. Now yeah. I have yeah. that. And that's kind of why holidays, when people kind of band together. How did you manage to do this 40th birthday with no cake? I'm on a diet. <laughs> boy. I'm not judging. I'm, yes, you are. I'm curious. Cake no, is disgusting. Judging. You know what? We need to redo Saturday night. I didn't mm. have a cake. Yeah, That's a really good point. I just realized that. Well, it's <laughs> not for you. It's for Matt. Matt just wants a reason he to eat a want, bunch of garbage yeah. and then self-loathe after. I remember on his birthday this year, I just watched him eat crumble cookies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's I was not, like, are these good? good the very See, yeah. now the cake's not about you. It's about him. Yeah. <laughs> crumble cake, cookies, man. Cake, cake is... <laughs> Cake is A tier dessert. I think donuts are S tier. Yeah. Wow. Donuts, cookies, mm -hmm. donuts slash cookies. Yeah. They're all garbage. We, we've had our fair share at your house of donuts and cookies. All disgusting. They're good. I love them. Nothing but <laughs> nothing bun cake, though, is S tier. Oh, my God. Oh, nothing but bun cake? So good. That, only that, only that, the that, frosting. No, the whole thing. The, frost, um, the frosting is what, that's, what makes it. That's for because sure. you're a man of sugar. What are you, Landon? Get off your fucking high horse. Yeah, I like to eat sweets no, whenever they're around me. No, that's not a bad thing. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, what you, yeah. you think that you think that nobody no, notices shit. this tone that you're coming no, with no, over no, here? Landon, you just triggered him so hard. No, what I know, what Holy I mean crap. is, when it comes to the way, just keep beating. Stop. The cake is not for you. No, it's for Matt. It's like, what I'm saying is, when he ranks desserts, he picks the most sugary options. Because well, yeah, if you're gonna do it, do it right. Like, oh, maybe you, a dessert that's not sugar. Like, you'd say creme brulee is not S tier. Right. You oh, know what creme brulee is? It's fucking, it's fucking sugar. <laughs> it's literally coated with in sugar. sugar. Yeah, yeah. With a blowtorch. towards sugar, yeah. but it's not the same as, like, a cake or a cookie. You're right. I, it's worse. It's not worse. <laughs> it might be worse. It's, it probably has just as much sugar. You, you just... You're, clearly, you're not an expert of the, of the fine arts of desserts. No. So, let's just <clears throat> tap you out of this one. <laughs> You can feel better about yourself. That's okay. The only the, the only thing I will say is that ice cream gets a bad rap because it easily could be the best dessert, but it's such a good addition to all other desserts. Mm -hmm. It is. Okay, name okay. name it name a C tier dessert. Oh, easy. Oh, I don't even know if it ranks as C tier, but pie. Okay, so can we talk about pie for a second? So Berkey and I, this was back when I was eating on all the streams and we were in run it up Reno and I showed up with a bag full of food. And I was eating strawberry rhubarb pie. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was fucking disgusting. Yeah, and he just, he would not let it go. And I had to stop eating it because I was so embarrassed. It was the only pie Whole Foods had, by the way, as I was coming to Reno. Because somehow, like, that's an excuse. Like, oh, I have to eat on stream. And this I is the only pie I can get a hold of. So here <laughs> yeah, we are right, now with right. rhubarb. That's exactly yeah. what yeah, happened. Yeah, you don't, like, you don't like fruit in your dessert. No. Right. All fruit desserts well, you are, don't like are fruit C tier in general, or below. So, yeah. Uh, candy is C tier. For sure. Candy's a waste of fucking mm -hmm. time, energy, and calories. Candy's and fruit-flavored candy. Except for Reese's, no, all candy. Reese's uh, peanut butter cups. Those yeah, there are better are so candies good. than others. Like peanut M&M's, Reese's peanut butter but cups, you, they're, they're better. But those like, are they toppings, still suck. right? You add the, the Reese's peanut butter cups to your ice cream, right. and, you, and you have a blizzard. Yeah. And you're, and you're, oh, and you're, blizzard's so good. Yeah. And then you plop that right on top of a cookie, and now we're <laughs> fucking talking. You know what's good? Raw oh, good. That's what's good. <laughs> this fucking guy. That's good. Man. <laughs> I can't wait for Landon's fat stage again. It's coming. Uh, you fucking yeah. wish. <laughs> you fucking wish. 
He has no idea, does he? He has no idea, okay. man. It's no okay. Idea. I have plenty idea. Oh, I'm gonna, not stake a day, Matt. That's put gonna, on infinite. Is he gonna get sad Landon, and depressed Landon, and on a downswing? Do you, do you know, <laughs> for sure. Do you know what cycles are? <laughs> I, know what, I know what cycles. He's gonna are. find out what a cycle is. Whenever he gets sad, and depressed, and starts sticking a needle in his ass. If I get sad and depressed, different kind go, of cycle. I'm gonna hurt myself more. I'm gonna go to the gym and tear all every muscle fiber in my body. Mm. That's my way of sitting. Like dealing with sadness now. Man, the 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 way he says this so seriously is painful. Uh, I'm serious. Speaking of pain, I'm very excited today for you to run this mile. Yeah, you're gonna get fucked. It's happening today. I can't get fucked. That's the thing. That's what you don't understand. I cannot lose in this scenario. Can, give a rundown of what's happening for the people that don't know. He needs to run a mile in sub seven minutes to earn a thousand dollars. I think he's gonna do so. Okay. But I know I'm gonna fucking do so. That is gonna get humbled real fast, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> he's gonna get, he's gonna be a thousand richer. You're not gonna see that look on his face, whatever he's done. And I'll no. be sure to have a fucking close up of him he's curled gonna, up in a corner. He, he's gonna be like, yeah, I fucking did it. But you know what? It was fucking hard. It was really fucking hard. I hope it is. I hope I challenge myself. No, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, we all believe in you. We all think you'll do it. We all just think it's it. not gonna be easy. Yeah, Goggins Jr. over there. I didn't think it was gonna be easy. We'll find out how easy it is. It's, I mean, it's somewhat easy. Okay. It's doable. Could I do it? No. Party did it. It's fucking easy. Party did it in six. Party is fucking wearing, easy. Like 250. Literally, literally wearing a fat suit while double fisting a 40 ounce malt liquor. Yeah, like if it, you and hungover from the night before. This kid's been eating raw uh, eggs for fucking a month and a half. Ready to rip somebody's head off. Yeah. Yours. Can't do it. It's oh, completely sure, he'll be fine. I think he's going to be just fine. He'll be fine. I hope he doesn't. When was the last time you were in Mile Hish? Like last week. It's been a long time. Yeah. Been a long time. You're out of those streets. You want to make a thousand no, no, bucks? I'm, no, I'm in the no, no. I've got I've got training uh we'll make a bet. four days a week with a guy in Charlotte. Um but it's not you know, I miss I miss Rob. I miss the gym. Yeah. That was uh that was a good year and a half uh there. So if you're in Vegas, check out the gym Las Vegas. Rob Martinez. Absolutely. He's crushing. He is crushing. He's too busy. I know he was too busy to come Saturday. I was a little upset I didn't see him. Yeah. He's too busy to do a lot of things. He's too busy decorating his house. I know. That's what he's doing. <laughs> Fucking Santa Claus. It's a holly jolly Christmas. All right. So let's, let's talk a little bit of meat and potatoes. You've been, you've been in banking now roughly 20 years, a little less. No, I'm, not, I'm not that old. 15. Eight. 14, 15. 15? What did you do out of college? I tried to become a professional poker player. That lasted about two months. Really? It's really bad. It's a really bad story. I didn't know that. Let's hear it. All right. So... I graduate from NC State, so how to be I clear, you met Pearl Jammer. Yeah, yeah. So let, let's talk about how I got into poker. I met John Pearl Jammer Turner. He went to NC State. He's posting on all the message boards there that he's just crushing all these live MTTs. And me, who knew nothing about cards, I'm like, no one's winning this stuff, right? Because I'm just punting money on a debit card. And so I meet up with John. Uh, John moved out to Vegas, uh, and I thought it was going to be a really good idea that I move out here and grind like one two. Okay. Right, like that was that was the dream. This is like 2005. Yeah, this was uh, yeah 2000 yeah 2005 2004 2005. And so I talk with my dad, and my dad said, "Hey, we'll we'll get you set up out there for six months. Like you know, go try it. If you're going to do it now, now's the time." And I ended up. Um, I don't know if the game was crooked. I have no idea. But playing in a game above my what I should be doing, and ended up what I. I think I got cheated in the hand. I mean, I went over this hand with John. Where was this at? In Raleigh. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, this is like a, a local game. And so I get home deflated and just like soul crushed. Let me like ask you a question. 
was Cotton at this game? I have no, I don't know who that all is. All right, all right. <laughs> Cotton's is, yeah, he's a North Carolina gem. So, <laughs> so anyways, I get back and then ultimately, you know, decide, hey, this isn't for me. I don't have the, the pain to stomach uh, this. And so get a call from a, you know, colleague at NC State where I graduated and Bank of America was hiring. So got into banking that way and just have been in it ever since. What, what was your degree in? Finance. Finance. Yeah. yeah. So basically, you never took the leap on poker. I never took the leap, man. I didn't take the leap, I consider, until 2018 when I got here. Okay. I think that, that to me was because John has been coaching me in all aspects, but it wasn't until he's like, hey, you need to go talk to Berkey. And then you know the story there, right? Of like how then, you know, run through the academy and then just, you know, progressively pe- playing bigger and bigger. Yeah. You are an academy lo- alum. I am an academy alum. Mm-hmm. Great decision. Yeah. So. You're one of the early ones. Yeah. It's pretty funny that, uh, well, I mean, I, I, was, I was about to say I didn't know that you took it, uh, that you took poker seriously enough to consider it as a career, but like you, you kind of didn't. You, uh, no, no. I, you I, lost I, a hand. But think about how many times I've called you after losing a hand. Well, it's I'm way just, different. You're playing big now. Like, you know, you've played as big as 50, 100, and yep. uh, you obviously want to win. Like you're, you're trying hard. So, uh, yeah, I think it's like way different and obviously like where you're financially stable, you're a full grown adult now and not somebody in your twenties, just like pie eyed and trying to take a shot. Like you can kind of separate ego from strategy and totally, totally. But, but I think like part of it, it has been the mindset of just talking, being able now to talk with you and John and whoever else, just at a different level of my understanding of the game yeah. that I did not have before 2018. Yeah, yeah. Right? It sort yeah. of just ran its course with John. He's like, I've been doing this for 12 years. Like, you need to go talk to somebody else. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's, let's bring things up to current date as far as like banking, especially since you're in the digital side of things. What is, if at all, your involvement in the crypto space? So my involvement in crypto is personal investing, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, traditionally right now, um, retail commercial banks, like the banks you go on the street corner and see, they're not getting engaged in crypto. There are some investment firms, I think Fidelity is offering, offering like a crypto um, fund that you can invest in. But mm-hmm. typically it's, you know, if you're getting in crypto, you're doing it with your, your personal assets as a retail customer. Why, why is it that banks are staying away from creating their own exchanges. So I think there's not a lot of knowledge mm-hmm. in this space, number one. And I think crypto, and again, I welcome commentary here in the chat, but I think it's incredibly difficult to understand, right? Because it is so new, it's highly unregulated, and things are just happening so fast yeah. that that's not how banking is. Right, right, right. If you think about traditional, like the regulatory landscape, like that takes years to evolve. Yeah. And here it is, like in 2012, Bitcoin becomes a thing doesn't really take off. And then in 2017, all these other things start happening. And then exchanges re- for retail customers just start popping up. And again, they're all unregulated. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if they all are. I think Coinbase F- operates fair, under some fair, level fair, of regulation. They're, no, no, they're, 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 they're fl- publicly traded. They are. Uh, they are. Company. Yeah. That, that's a good call. Yeah. That's a good call. Um, but for the most part, they, they, they are. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's that's obviously what we saw with this FTX thing. Uh, how closely have you been following the SBF? V- very closely. I mean, it's it's scary. It's a bad situation. And there's, I think, a lot to learn and take away from like the Venn diagram here of 
FTX as a whole, the VC community who is pumping money in, the regulatory landscape, sort of how we got here. Mm. I think this is going to be in discussion for a long time to come. Do you think that he'll... Uh Maybe this isn't even a fair question to ask, but like in your opinion, do you think that he's ultimately going to pay the punishment for this? I think it's a 50-50 shot. Jesus. Um, 50-50. I think that's honestly being generous the more that I'm paying close attention yeah, to I this. I know, me too, but I was just curious about what his take was. And like, yeah, he's I, I think like from my, from my chair here, from what I'm seeing and reading, you know, when, when you look at past financial crimes, there's typically... Um, you know, indictments, things happening with the grand jury behind the scenes. I don't know if that's happening or not. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not for me to know. Yeah, of course. But this guy, for, for what we know, he's just still in the Bahamas right now. Mm -hmm. Right? He's still giving interviews. He's still talking. So I, I don't showing know. up at his apartment. Yeah. Like, that's right. Like, Ben <laughs> Armstrong is, yeah. like, there every day. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think there was some regulatory chatter about a, a committee convening, like, next month in January that he said he's going to go to if he can. Yeah. Uh, but again, I, I think it like it's a 50-50 shot. So it seems like that was spurned. Uh, <laughs> I saw some tweets by, uh, was it Autism Capital, I believe? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they put something out that basically said, similar to what you were saying, uh, where he quote tweeted one of the senators. Yeah, uh, talking Max about, Waxwell, yeah. Yeah, yeah. talking about uh, wanting to be involved. And uh, Autism Capitalism was uh, implying that that might be based off of I can never remember the girl's name. That's Caroline involved. Ellison. Yeah, Caroline. Uh, it seems like she's been spotted in New, in New York. York. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I saw mm -hmm. that. And, and they like, think that she's that, rolling. That, yeah, that, that's my point right there. Like when you're just moving freely, like my question is, hey, what's happening behind the scenes? Right. And it doesn't feel like there's a lot because if you've got con you know, people in Congress who are saying, hey, we're going to do this, mm -hmm. that would it would feel like, hey, I don't know if anything's happening on the legal front. Right, uh, right, uh, yeah. yeah. To contradict that, I kind of think that like um, Berkey was right. She's probably is spilling some beans right now because she wouldn't be in New York out of all places. I mean, she has to be seeking yeah. uh, some <laughs> level of, of immunity, right? Because or like even if, if you even have like she has money, if she has the thought of something coming on, there's non-extradition countries that she can go to. Sure. Like she can get the fuck out of here, but she's in New York. So she's obviously probably trying to do yeah, something. And, and again, like the other thing I read last night or the day before was um, SBF had sent some documentation to a news outlet and again sorry for not knowing which one but it's yeah. on twitter that he was aware of what was going on mm -hmm. between you know alameda and the consumer funds like he sent that doc and so i think they're waiting you know for these interviews to happen where like that stuff is most likely going to come out yeah uh i assume you watched um at least the good morning america interview but yeah I, bits and yeah, the majority of it yeah, yeah yeah um what was your what was your overall take as far as like uh, not not just that interview, but I guess he spoke out a fair amount between Twitter spaces, that, that yeah. interview, and a few others. Uh, what was your overall t uh, sense of... I, I don't think there was a lot of clarity, like, mm -hmm. in the answers. And, you know, hey, let's talk about some Academy stuff. Talking about body language. Right. Like, the body language wasn't great. Um, but again, he's also, from what I, again, from what I understand, he's not getting that PR coaching. Right. Like, you can't... <clears throat> walk in blindly to an interview with ABC Good Morning America, right? So that was a very different tone than the New York Times interview and the others. He got completely softball yeah. in yeah. the NYT uh, and even in the spaces that didn't seem like his feet was being held to the fire. The, the Good Morning America interview, which to be fair, it's like if somebody called me up and was like, hey, Good Morning America wants to do a, a piece with you, I would assume fluff piece yeah. just based off of that, right? 
Um, I can't remember the interview's name. I think George, Pollock, Steph- George Stephanopoulos. Stephanopoulos. George Stephanopoulos. Yeah, yeah and he, he, I mean, overall, out of that kind of group of people that, that do those kind of interviews, he, he's, I would think he's one of the better ones. He's going to yeah, have better he's, follow-ups. And he, he's he gonna, did. He, right. had, he was pressing. Yeah. Very like much so. Pre- yeah. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Uh, we have a clip. Uh, it's like a two-and-a-half-minute clip of him kind of uh first asking sam you know did you know that this the funds were not segregated something to that effect and then following up pressing over and over and sam just like being dumbfounded yep a lot of what happened there i i am no cryptocurrency expert i'm no finance expert yep. but i don't think you answered my question i always ask yep. did you know that ftx deposits were used to pay off alameda creditors uh I don't know of FTX deposits being used to pay off Alameda creditors. Are you, uh, which, which creditors are you referring to? Carolyn Ellison said that you all knew that these funds were used, were put into Alameda. They were the funds owned by your depositors. So I can't speak for who knew what. You know, a lot of the customers on FTX did have, you know, borrowers either, you know, in dollars or Bitcoin or, or euros. But as you know, the FTX terms of service yep. tell the people who signed up, none of the digital assets in your account are the property of or shall be or may be loaned to FTX trading. But you're saying that happened. My understanding is a few things happened. The first is there is a margin trading facility on FTX by which users can lend out funds, by which other users borrow funds. And so there are explicit cases where there is, you know, margin extend where there is borrow lending. If yep. Alameda is borrowing the money that belongs yep. to FTX depositors, that's a bright red line, isn't it? There are a lot of cases where that's actually explicitly part of the programs and that are but happening. Not, not here, here it says that the digital assets may not be loaned to FTX trading. They can't be loaned out. Uh, there existed a borrow lending facility on FTX. And, and I think that's probably covered, I, I don't remember exactly where, but somewhere else in the terms of service. But they'd have to approve of that. They're saying they didn't approve of it here. They're so saying you approved of it. If you rewind to you know the beginning of FTX, um, where you know some customers were you know, uh, I think in line with sort of existing relationships that, that they've had, at least in some cases, wiring money straight to Alameda Research in order to trade on FTX. So you do know and you did know that FTX deposits were being funneled to Alameda. So I was vaguely aware that that was how some wires were being sent in the first place. Um, Didn't that set off alarm bells in your head? So there are a lot of people who are involved in that process. And look, I really deeply wish that I had taken like a lot more responsibility for understanding what the details were of what was going on there. I knew that legal was involved. I knew that other groups at the company were involved, that you know, there were agreements drafted up. But you're ultimately responsible. And ultimately, absolutely. Like I, Look, I should have been on top of this, and I feel really, really bad and regretful that I wasn't. And a lot of people got hurt, and that, that's on me. Oh, he feels bad. A lot of people got hurt. Oh, yeah, I mean, he's he, sorry. He, he said he's sorry bad. many it's, times. It's on him. He says sorry. I think that's fine. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. I, uh, have, I, have, I have a couple questions. Go ahead. So, 
I saw something recently that he said that basically FTX had two different terms of services, one for big wigs and one for the little people. Where the ones for the big wigs that allowed him to trade their funds. Do, you, do we know if there's any truth behind this? So, so I don't know. I don't know much about their terms of service. I, I think where whoever's going to be investigating, right? Mm -hmm. the, the two things they need to focus on, one is the corporate structure they had, right? Like the, the, the most damning thing I've heard is that they didn't have a board of directors. Correct. That's right, wild. which is the most absurd thing ever when you're you know, worth $30 billion or whatever, that there's no board, so there's no oversight. And then once you start drilling down into, like, essentially their org chart, there are, you know, 40, 50 different holding companies that are just, like, mapped amongst each other mm -hmm. that are doing all these weird things, and no one knew what was going on. And so the, the questions I've got when you talk about venture capitalists' due diligence, what was going on? Yeah. Right, because I mean, you've got some really smart people out in the valley who are pumping in billions of dollars, you know, in cash for equity to these companies. But who's doing like who's uncovering the stuff? Yeah, I think I think what ends up happening, and I'm sure that this is more common than not, is that there's this snowball effect that takes place yeah. where uh, some reputable name puts in a sizable chunk, mm -hmm. and then that gets leveraged by the founder mm -hmm. to say, you know. X is on board for Y amount and uh, VCs that come thereafter assume that X did his due diligence. Yeah, like they, they're, they're lazy. Like, well, I, for lack of a better word, right. where, where, yeah, where they, see, they see this happening and they're like, okay, well, I, I see that this person is doing this. In this scenario, spot. that would be much more right. wonderful, I would believe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, I don't know that he was he, first, but, but I know that he was. part of it, right. Sure. People, yeah. People respect him, I think. Do you know if there if the original FTX had created, like, was there a backdoor created to send funds from FTX to Alameda originally? So only whoever's got access to the source code, they're going to have that answer. So right. I've heard there was, I've heard Sam is now saying there wasn't, but again, it's no different because, you know, we've, I, I think you guys have talked about the ultimate bet scandal. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't think anybody would be surprised to find out there was or there wasn't right mm -hmm. in one of these cases but at the end of the day in the interview we just listened to right like that that's where you're hearing there was some knowledge about money being moved around like to alameda yeah. uh and again when you start digging into that specific company like the story just gets crazier and crazier mm -hmm. i mean the thing is, is like when when all this unshake or shakes out and unravels we're, we're gonna look at it and say like oh my god this is so avoidable like the vcs yeah. just could have snuffed this out in a second had they done due diligence and of course, this this uh, was preventable, but um, you know I think it's worth acknowledging that VCs will fire hard at high risk, high return type of endeavors in unregulated markets where you know the the growth factor is going to be significantly higher than if the government is stepping in and dampening that. So there there probably is a whole lot of I'm not sharp in this space, but I recognize a hundred x return when I see one. So I'm going to fire a bunch of money into it and see what happens type of yeah. thing. Uh, I do think that obviously like in hindsight, it's important to hold them accountable in all of this as it is to hold SBF and his cohorts yeah. uh, uh, accountable as well. Um, and then to some degree, you know, the, the, the multimedia or, or mainstream media right now kind of like almost letting them off the hook. Uh, there, there's been this spin doctoring of what's actually taking place specifically like from places like the New York Times and these other places that Sam seems to have 
been financially invested into. He's in the pocket of a lot of uh, politicians as well, which is seemingly still giving him access and you know potentially even a, a direct line to helping to create future regulation uh and, and all these other you know um kind of conspiratory type of uh endeavors what what was most bothersome to me about that interview is well first of all it was like a two-hour interview that got parsed down to 10 minutes so it's mm-hmm. it's really a low light film for for sam mm-hmm. but I've seen him now so many times. For some reason, people are just accepting of it. Where he's asked a point blank question and he takes pause and then, like, reiterates the question to himself three or four times before generating an obvious lie. <laughs> I've, seen him, I've seen him leave multiple spaces right. on Twitter now because, like, um, whether they didn't, he didn't like the line of questioning or something. He yeah. would like start um, like if somebody else, if somebody was hosting and somebody else started asking questions and he didn't like the line of question or whatever, he'll start like DMing the, the host and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna leave. Yeah, like I'm out of here." I, I mean, the the create yeah. like the, there's so many different paths we could take this conversation, but one of the big ones is like, how is he not hiring a PR firm? Right. How is he not under arrest? Yeah. Okay, okay, fine. That's, that's like, my question. Like, like, get the fuck out of here. So, so, but but there's an answer to that question, right? On because he's on Bahamian soil, right? He's being governed by a different set of laws right now. And so like that, that's what Ben Armstrong's doing down there, right? The poking and prodding. Ben, he's some investigative crypto guy. I mean, I also yeah. saw some shit coming out about him yeah. recently where he was like selling or shilling for some site. Uh-huh. And then he pulled all of his money off right before they rugged. Yeah, I uh, for like three million or some stuff. Like whatever. I mean, like, a lot of that happens in this space. Yeah, what, who's that? He's like Bitcoin boy or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, uh, in any event, I, I think I think what I find to be, uh, I was listening to the All In podcast, and I think that Shamath did a great job of like uh, breaking this down. Uh, I think what's apparent is that this is Sam's version of spin doctoring, right? Like the reason why he's being so outspoken is because nothing negative is happening from it. He's getting asked point back, point blank questions for two hours, coming off looking like a fool as he skirts them, right? Like every one of those was a sidestep. It was, did you know that the funds were were being uh, utilized on both platforms? And he goes, well, on FTX, there is a specific way through which you could, right? It's like, okay, but that wasn't what was asked. And yeah. uh, you're, you're clearly not answering <laughs> your question. So he's sidestepping everything. But uh, like what Shamath and, and the guys on the All In podcast were pointing out is this public, um, uh, I guess, parade that he's going through, this media parade, it seems as though he's trying to get the charges changed right because if he goes the route of madoff and they accuse him of a full-blown ponzi and they indict him for basically you know uh just robbing from these people for years he might see life in jail but if he's able to if he's able to like kind of skirt this into a lesser crime of money laundering or or racketeering or something like that he may only see eight to ten and serve one percent so maybe maybe right but then you've got to wonder what Caroline's saying, there's Correct. another partner there. And right, so right. there's a reason she's in New York, right? Like all of this stuff gets filed out of the Southern District yeah. up mm-hmm. there. Like, I mean, all of that would make sense. If that picture's legit, if that's her, yep. why is she up there? Yeah, yeah. And so his defense right now of going on Good Morning America, New York, whatever he's doing, that's not going to be as strong as... Right, a, it might just all... Yeah. This was all prior to her being found out of being... Correct. Speaking to the Correct. AG in New York. Yeah. So it's like, now who yeah. knows? How long does this stuff take? When it comes to it could that was my years. question. How long did it take 
uh, the Madoff thing to collapse. Well, I mean, like years, like 20, 30 years. Well, no, no, no. no, 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 no I no, mean, no. from the point it was found out. To, to the oh, point like like pretty, pretty quickly. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was quickly. like relatively fast. I think there's also just a different space, though. It, it's a different like they, situation. Yeah. Fast being yeah. how long? They don't understand mm -hmm. the space completely, I think, and that's the correct, issue. Correct, correct. Like, that, that is, yeah. And so they're, they're having, I'm sure, someone's in there, like, breaking it down to, like, the 101 level of, like, yeah. here's exactly what happened. But the craziest thing I heard about this whole thing was with Alameda... Un, like having the trade data from retail customers, they understood the flow before it was public and they were still losing money. Yeah. Which is, you know, I don't understand the trading space. That's not what I do. But that's like having, you know, you knowing what cards have been discarded in a poker deck and still losing. Right. Like you have to. That's it's pretty bad. pertinent information. That, that's bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I just lost nine billion, but I, I knew what, what retail customers were doing or commercial customers, whatever. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing seems. I don't. I, I don't know what the right terminology even is for it, right? Because it's like, what was the end game if they don't get caught? I was just thinking that, like, hundred billion. Like, what are they? Well, <laughs> well, right, but like, what? So, what do they gain siphoning all this money out of FT, FTX to throw to Alameda? Well, if Alameda so, is just punting. Well, well yeah. So I, I think that the big thing was like, why were they punting? And this is where the CZ guy from Binance comes in. It's on their FTT token. Mm -hmm. That's ultimately what led to this. Right, right, right. That was just a Fugazi token. Cor yeah, correct, correct. They're selling it basically, uh, saying that it's equivalent to dollars, but it's actually worth, you know, a, a small percentage. Correct, correct. And so like that, that's the reality here where like that guy was purely playing chess yep. against this. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean... The whole thing is fascinating to me. We, we haven't really covered it that much because I don't know shit about finance when it's all said and done. And this is starting to go into that stratosphere, right? Like so much of this is boiling down to um, what we would never see happen in a regulated market. Right. But it's not like regulated markets are without flaw either. You know, like we saw the 2008 financial crisis where, uh, you know, these subprime mortgage loans, and maybe you could even speak a little bit more to that. Obviously, you were yeah, in the space yeah. during I that time. Yeah, I think like they're... I mean, our entire world is based on products. Mm -hmm. we, we get that, right? Like yeah. all of us. Uh, this is what I talk about at work all the time, that every one of my employees is a product owner, right? And your product is what you do. It's what you love. And you, to be a good product owner, you truly have to live and breathe what you're doing. And it was no different in 2004, 2005 with like the investment bankers. Actually, I think those products got started years before that. But regardless... Um, they started buying and selling mortgages, right, to different banks and then basically continuing to hedge and place additional bets. And basically it was all um, synthetic, right? That is what happened here. And then the market collapsed, which no one ever thought that was going to happen. And that's when the real estate crisis happened. The other thing that's interesting when you talk about regulation is think about what happened with GameStop. Right. That to me, like, and I just watched the, uh, the mini series on Netflix on this, like that to me is mind blowing yeah. how that happened. And again, it's, you've got the little guys taking on the big guys, but the, the, it is with flaw, but it's in all these spaces where it takes years for regulation to catch up yeah. where like you have to constantly be inside and outside of your product to know, Hey, this could happen. Like, how do you defend against this? Yeah, and I think the digital space is uh, the most apparent where this is occurring. So this this is kind of your expertise. Like, what's happening on the traditional side when it comes to, to uh, regulation around digital banking? Yeah, so digital bank, like for us, 
for, for what I do, it's way different because it's, it's for retail customers, right? So all of us have, you know, a mobile banking app and we check our balance, look at our transactions, do self-service. So those are the arenas that I'm playing in here. Mm. But what you're referring to is really bringing to life new products in a digital sense, right? And so again, that, that's, you know, typically where banks are not playing in those spaces right now from a retail standpoint, but where like new new entries into the market like FTX or Binance or Coinbase, like they are stepping in and they're offering new products and services. Yeah, I mean, traditional banking is kind of playing in it. They're just once removed, right? Like They're still yeah. playing with Zelle, PayPal, Venmo, yeah. all of these third-party payment processors. Yep. Uh, they just haven't gotten to the point yet where they're facilitating, you know, the crypto exchanges, but the third parties are correct. Correct. Right? Like PayPal is Venmo yep. is uh, cash app. All these other yep. third parties are facilitating. Crypto. And, and there's all, there's always going to be those entrants who are going to fill the void, mm -hmm. right? Always, uh, with banking, but like the banks will stay one, one step removed and allow, you know, the, the regulatory landscape to evolve. Right. Yeah. So I guess, uh, that, that reframes my question a little bit better what what is the onus of the bank then with these third-party processors dealing in unregulated yeah. spaces so, so, so i like my, my personal take um is education yep like it, it is it is and again it's a very difficult thing to, even with zell take zell for two seconds there's a long history there with that product um but right now like the big thing is uh you know scams on zelle what's happening because it is a real-time payment right it's not like venmo where it's going to a holding account and mm -hmm. it's sitting there and then you transfer it to the bank it's real time but customers of banks who are offering zelle like or any real-time payment need to be educated on this is what this is and the same thing goes for crypto the same thing goes for you know, Robinhood is a very good example. And like, they were just allowing a lot of this stuff to happen. Yeah. Right. And people didn't know what they were doing. Right. And that, that's not good in some cases. I, I don't know what the ultimate outcome was, but uh, did banks step in at all with the Robinhood stuff? No. What, what happened was uh, Citadel, uh, that firm, like it's just a, you know, a big hedge fund. Yeah. Um, and again, like no wrongdoing came out of it, but they were basically creating the market for Robinhood. They're basically fulfilling the orders for mm -hmm. Robinhood. Um, they they put a pause to uh, to, to being able to buy GameStop or being able to sell one of those two. So okay. that, that's what happened. And then people ended up losing quite a bit of money. The, the stock tanked from 500 right. to 144 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, ha have you heard about the payment processing issues within the poker space right now? The scam that's been going around? Oh, yeah. People, yeah. Basically, like identity theft. Yeah. 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 So, uh, do you have any insight as far as like, uh, what that looks like on the bank? So basically let me, let me break yeah. it down a little bit, uh, for everybody so that there's an understanding. It's kind of like a, a three-party system, right? So, uh, what's happening is you have the consumer who signs up for, um, some sort of like instant payment, uh, call it an ACH payment, right? Uh, they sign up to this third party, which is global payment solutions, something, whatever. Uh, this third party then sells their service to a bunch of regulated gaming sites, BetMGM, WSOP, uh, uh, or sorry, not FanDuel, uh, DraftKings, uh, just a bunch uh, across the board uh, covering the whole spectrum, mainly within the gambling industry, right? Um, and they obviously have established relationships with banks. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to fac facilitate the ACH process, right? So now we don't know where the data breach came from we don't know if uh it had anything to do with this third-party processor or if it came from somewhere else people just you know using the dark web whatever the case may be but essentially what ends up happening is hackers 
now uh, were able to access some amount of the registry of people who were signed up to this third-party uh, global payment solutions, right? And from that registry, what they were able to do is now go into the regulated sites, specifically targeting BetMGM and DraftKings, and create new accounts. Now, the reason why they specifically targeted BetMGM and DraftKings is because their cash-out process isn't very diligent. So rather than it being uh, last in, last out, so uh, effectively, like, if you use... I mean, same in, same out. Or same in, same out, yeah. Yes. <clears throat> uh, so uh, effectively, like, if you use this ACH processor, then you have to send it back out mm -hmm. through that same, same ACH, yeah. right? Yeah. Rather than doing uh, same in, same out, they just allow you to uh, facilitate the cash out through whatever metric you want, right? So if you pull in through ACH... You can now cash out through a myriad of other sure, options sure. and you can do it to new accounts. So what's end up, what ended up happening is these new accounts pop up all over the place. Uh, you don't actually need to physically be in the place uh, the way you would if you were playing. Um, so you can create account. I can create an account in, in uh, Michigan or Pennsylvania or wherever right now from Nevada and I can load it and I can cash out from it, but I just can't play. Yeah. And a lot of these sites don't require a minimum number of play in order to cash out either, right? So this whole cash out process is basically flawed. And now tens of thousands of dollars, maybe probably in the hundreds of thousands at this point, uh, have been loaded and cashed out same day on BetMGM and DraftKings specifically. They, they were the two largest targets in this whole thing. So, I mean, this is... This is crazy to hear. And so I did pick up most of that from Twitter, but mm -hmm. I mean, those are both publicly traded companies. Right. And this is risk management 101 mm -hmm. when, yeah. when you think about it, right? Yeah. So like, let's go through what you just said. It's like, hey, I've got Conrad's information. Conrad is, you know, pulling and depositing or pulling and withdrawing uh, through Bank of America. All of a sudden I come in and, you know, open up a Chase account mm -hmm. and start withdrawing and like literally no alert gets set off. Right. right? This doesn't... And again, when you're thinking about... Well, the, the, real, the real problem is, so I don't have BetMGM accounts anywhere. Right. Right? Uh, outside of exactly Pennsylvania. But because I've used WSOP before, who utilizes global, global right. payment right. solutions, that information is now saved and transferred to any single site that uses global payment yeah. solutions. Right? So it's literally all they need is the last four digits of my SOCH. And then... Uh, they don't even need an accurate address or anything along those lines. But I mean, like you're you're just like calling out every flaw right. with this on how are you not asking? And I think the tough part here is that the everyday consumer is the one that's going to get hurt because this is all like a newly regulated space. Like yeah. everything is popping up online mm -hmm. left and right. They're trying to get this going, especially for um, you know on these publicly traded companies. They're earning such a big part now is done digitally. They've got to get this right. Right. Because you're going to scare away the everyday consumer mm -hmm. on like, I'm not going to use this stuff. Yeah. And this is the difficulty after the fact is, uh, you know, for instance, if you look at my BOA statements, I'll have $100,000, worth of transfers between WSOP.com and my bank back and forth, right? Like there's just like a lot of money movement because, you know, I play s some volume on there, whatever. If I suddenly call my bank and say like, look, I understand that it's very common for me to have a 5K transfer between WSOP and you and, back, and vice versa, but this random $10,000 transfer to BetMGM wasn't me. They're going to tell me to go fuck myself, 
<laughs> yeah they are <laughs> you know and uh I, I guess that was my original question before i laid out everything that's been going on is how does the consumer then uh go about this i, I mean yeah, from what so i heard I mean, banks are like yeah so i, I mean I, I think the reality is like let's use the the conrad example of he uses a bank of america account it you know someone breaks in puts a chase account that chase account is not going to be registered to conrad right they just have a routing and an account number right they're sending it there but Conrad, and they're not even doing it to another ACH. They're cashing out through like Venmo. Yeah, yeah. sure. So, I mean, that Venmo account's not going to be registered to Conrad. That's easy to prove mm -hmm. where it's like, hey, this is fraud. Right. Right. But I mean, ultimately, he's going to be the one suffering because like that's going to be the onus the is onus on, him. on him. Didn't yeah. they also create like the, the hackers also created a Venmo account in that person's name? In that person's right? name and with then send faulty it there. information. Yeah. 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 And then send it there yeah. and then send it to like another Venmo account. Well, like They were able right. to get the, uh, a Venmo card off of that one. Okay. So like a debit right. card, and it was just mm -hmm. cash out from the debit card. Yeah. yeah. But again, that's, I mean, that is very time consuming, right? Yep. That like what Conrad's going to have to go through in that instance of calling Venmo, validating that like, okay, they opened this up with like the most cursory information and it's not truly like a fully legitimized KYC bank right. account right, that's, right, that's right, been right. fully opened. And yeah. what does that look like then from the banking side whenever they're dealing with this type well, of I mean, fraudulent like ba behavior? Banking, yeah, I mean, when, think about when you open up a new bank account, I mean, all the KYC, the, the fraud, the AML checks that are going in to open that account, I mean, there's a lot of, like, it's work, Yeah. right? And that, like, is the stuff we work on where, you know, from, from my perspective, one of the, the things you know, I want when a, you know, customer's coming through like a digital acquisition flow on mobile, like how do you make it intuitive, easy to use? So you're not asking them 5,000 questions. So they Correct. don't abandon the flow. Yeah. But again, we are, it's highly, highly regulated. So there are things we have to have. There are things we have to finesse in with design to make it interacting, but look at any, you know, startup, like those are typically pretty intuitive signups. Yeah. Yeah, it's all, I mean, I know we steered pretty far away from the SBF stuff, but uh, I, I think that this is, and you know, you can speak more to this than me since you are in the digital space daily, but uh, I, I think this is the, the tip of the iceberg, so to speak, right? Like, it's, it's one of those things that in any, uh, any marketplace where there's money to be made, the scams are always going to be ahead of the security. Yeah, for sure. And when you're talking digital, it's it's just like it, it's a compounding effect. Yeah, and and you know I think that's th this is why I consider myself the luckiest person in poker, is because I've had like you and John as mentors, right? Because like, and sorry to completely shift gears. No, no, it, it I'm is, happy to. It is very very important to say like you know I could have been playing in some pretty bad spots, mm -hmm. and you know John has always and I've called you and I'm like hey I want to play in this game here's what's you're like hey, that's not a good game for you. Right. right. Like don't, don't play in this, but most people trying to get me into those games know what they're doing. Yeah. Right. And it's no different in crypto or to your point, anything else where there's money to be made, people are going to take their edge. Hey, yeah. Hish, we got a candy bar for you. You want to come play? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's literally all I'm talking. They have a rhubarb pie. You, you, can, you can order anything you want on the room service menu as long as you come play in this game. We, we'd love it. <laughs> what was your obsession with eating on live streams? Why was that your shtick? Okay. I'll, I'll tell you. Okay. I'll tell you. So like... I think there are a lot of people probably watching this that don't know how to break into poker, right? They watch this, they love you guys, and everyone's got the dream. Every amateur has the dream of like winning a bracelet. Let's be very clear here, right? Like we fantasize about that stuff. Like it's, it's the ultimate goal. Mine at one point, like in 2018, was like getting on a live stream. 
Okay. Like I thought that would be the coolest thing ever, right? Just to be able to play on TV. And so John called Brent and I think Brent like probably back channeled to Matt and they were like, Hey, this business guy wants to play on. And I knew, like, I know I'm not great for games. It's not like I'm going to punt a lot of money. Sure. So I had to do something that was going to get me invited back on. So on that very first live stream with like Marley and I think D moon and Casella were on there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just ate nonstop for two hours <laughs> until Jeff Platt in the commentary booth with like Amanda and Brent were like, Hish hasn't stopped eating. <laughs> and they literally like rewound the tape and they were like, he's literally eaten for two hours straight. And then I kept going and they were like, like, you know, people in the, like the commentary, the chat. And so I knew I had to do something that was innocent enough to get asked back. And they were like, hey, you can come back on the show whenever you want. Sure. <laughs> and then I came back and brought the five pound Hershey bar and you just. Oh, uh, that was repulsive. <laughs> like that's my, that, that to me is like the nut low Cons- consumption of sugar it was bad yeah like it there's nothing appealing about it like you have you have one tenth of a s'more and it's the worst part of it like i i would actually sub that out for a reese's peanut butter cup if i were going to make a really good s'more. Uh, i'm allergic to peanut butter it's oh my from God, your you state yeah, really? yeah very allergic it is like from my state. it sucks so it like <laughs> and again you know that's what i did and then finally berkey like i get the invite to go play on poker after dark and I'm like, hey, should I play in this game? He's like, yeah, go have fun. Uh, and then the only question he asked me, he goes, you're not planning on eating, are you? <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to take this one like quite serious. It's a very prestigious show, Hish. That's you know, right. You don't don't, show don't eat. Don't, yeah, don't eat in the Poker Go studio. Not you saw what happened to Helmuth when he started eating on camera. Yeah, he, first of all, Phil, you stole my bit. Like yeah. he, he, he definitely. Did. Well, this guy it. stinks. Okay, this. Yeah, this I, is... I, I get it. I get it. But whatever. Now I've got a platform. I can say that Phil stole my bit, <laughs> and everybody thinks Phil started it. Phil, you're four years behind the. Time. I, I, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be laying claim to that bit after seeing what he did to that roast beef sandwich. Oh that that was god. just like how he ate it, right? Oh like my a, god, it was like hideous. A, yeah, that was. Bad. He just like smashed it into his face. I've never felt worse for his wife. Oh. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, that's a slow burn. Let that one sink in for a second. <laughs> Berkey's trying to get a heads up, Matt's out here, man. Oh, they, they put the clip. <laughs> rawr, 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 rawr. Yeah. All right, so can we talk about Oh, Phil? he did actually steal your bit. I forgot about the Sour Patch Kids and all that mm-hmm. shit. Dude, he stole everything. <laughs> and that's, why does <laughs> he eat burgers like right that? There. Can I, can I, I tell you my, my Helmuth story? There's plenty of Phil stories with me, but this one really burned me. The October World Series in 2021. We're at a table. We're playing some mix event on day two. <laughs> and he... Paid, no, no, no. He was complaining about eating. So he took my quest bar and was like, thanks, man. Then he paid some kid a hundred bucks to go to in and out to bring him food. Didn't eat my quest bar. I see him the next day and I'm like, can I have it back? He's like, I threw it away. <laughs> oh my God. Then to top it off. And again, I can't make this up. He then knocked me out of the tournament. Wow. On top of all that. Fucking so Phil brutal. stole my bit, stole my quest bar. Let's go Jason Kuhn. How about that? Yeah, can we go like <laughs> yes. a Jason Kuhn? Well, honestly, honestly yes. we're voting. We're hoping that Phil Helmuth wins the match around here. What? Why are we hoping for that? What? Huh? Why are we hoping for that? Because then he, want, he might want to go on again. He will never. He is cashing out after 100%. this match. 100%. 100%. 100%. Well, personally, I want him to win, and then I want him to go on again. Who is going to. Who do you think his competition will be for 1.6 million that he's mm-hmm. going to say yes to? Yeah. No one. When he doesn't well, have to. Still, here's the thing. Guy Liberté? Well, he coming out of retirement? He might just be able to like make a match for 1.6 because they want him to stay on. Chamath would play him. Bro, Mr. he Beast got Coon for 800K. Who do oh, you think true. he's going to get for 1.6? Oh, that's kind of true. But he's like, oh, maybe, if, listen, I'll stay on. 
If you throw me a softball, if you throw me a softball, 1.6, man. Hish, might, like you. Hish isn't out here going, this motherfucker took my quest bar. I'm about to put up 1.6 and embarrass him. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Wait, right, right. I'm not getting that. It was going to be SBF to uh, FTX collapse. Yeah. Well, what's yeah. Gonna, Mr. Beast. What's going to happen Mr. if. Wow. if how many wins is Kuhn wants to rematch, right? So it's not like he gets to Oh, yeah, that's the other else. part, too. Uh, so Kuhn, Kuhn gets first right of refusal. So, right. Oh, so, so he's he definitely playing. He's 100% out. So there's no way that Jason doesn't play again. Right, that's what I mean. Right. Like, well, Phil Phil will leave the heads-up arena 100% of the time after this match, regardless of the outcome. Or he wins, and then Jason rematches him, and he probably won't rematch him. No, he'll just him. say no. Right, but then he'll leave, and Jason will stay. Okay, so, so Jason, why did you say or? When I said Phil 100% leaves after this match. Because there's a chance that he rematches him. No, there isn't. That's what I'm saying. With utmost confidence. It's 100% okay, certainty. Okay, you want to give me 100 to 1? Yes. Okay, 100 to 1 on $10 that if, if Helmuth loses... I'm the one that argued this! If Helmuth loses... <laughs> bro, I'll give you 100 to 1 both ways. No matter what the outcome is, okay. Helmuth will not play a $1.6 million match. Okay, well, let's take it. Let's see. Okay, 100 times $10 is... One thousand dollars. <laughs> I like a thousand dollars. You just want to give me four K. You're gonna get a thousand a day for running the mile. This yep. guy's just piling yellow chips. Uh, I love this. He, he's not. Ma he's I, not making a profitable bet here. I think I'm he very sure today. of that. One. Imagine the universe. One out of a hundred times. I, I agree. Like, and I do that. That's how you should be making bets. Listen, like, if I learned anything from the Oscar, uh, from the Office I, I from Kevin, I just if someone so literally is thinking that in my head right now on anything. And if John Cougar Mellencamp <laughs> wins an Oscar, I'm a rich man. <laughs> yeah, I just hope that he's sold enough, and everybody's that uh, wait. If they he wins, they're like, "Fuck it, Phil, let's go." No, like, <laughs> I, I don't even think his backers are putting him in this. Not for 1.6. That's what I mean. It's like, if even if he beats Jason, like you have to understand that he would still be risking everything that he just won to play the same man heads yeah. up again who's a who's huge very good. fucking favorite. Who's very good. Right. Now I, I hope it happens just so I can sit here with $1,000 in my hand. Bro, what, you can sweat this all you want. I'm confident that like you're not making a good bet. Okay. I don't know what the actual percentage is. It's obviously not exactly zero, but it's certainly sub 1%. Congratulations on your $10. I'm, I'm happy to earn it. I'm um, still owed $20. You know what? I was going to say, just give it to Lamana. Well, yes. I'm owed $20. <laughs> 20 is 20 actually. Yeah, well, you, he can take 10 off of the debt that you owe him. This sounds well, like a Ponzi. Th th we're just, we're <laughs> passing it around. For what it's worth, mm -hmm. I thought your bet with him was 100 for the fantasy thing. No, it was only 20 I would never bet $100 on my fucking fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't bet $100 on your fantasy team either. It, Bro, I got, I got plagued by injuries, man. It was a tough year listen we Yo, all we're all we've all been there what the fuck happened with injuries this weekend garoppolo is out for the year bravo fuck. lamar jackson oh baby hey, seven and two never it? looked so good he's down coming, the stretch he's coming back he's, he's coming not back. gonna be back this week not this week okay well the steelers right. play him sunday yeah. let's fucking go baby raven's coming to town you play him again though right yeah who gives a twice. shit well yeah Huntley's all they still do, decent also i don't give a fuck about huntley we beat him last year with a broken ben can't wait till you guys fucking lose to the back. We got we got picket pickings now. Mm-hmm. You don't even know, man. Do we want no, to talk, let's talk oh, let's talk about you Steelers. Who's the fucking worst wide receiver in the league? You're an idiot. Deontay Trash Pale Johnson. He does he does stink. <laughs> he does. He really so does bad. stink. He does. Why? I love him. I don't know. Have you watched him play in the last like <laughs> year and a half? The guy just he's just Listen, he's got all the talent in the world. He just doesn't execute.
My man is dust. Yeah. You guys dust are just buckets. saying very general things, and I'm asking for specifics. He sucks. He problem? can't catch a fucking ball. He drops the balls all the time. He just he hasn't had drop issues routes. since his first season. He dropped like three balls he yesterday. He dropped three <laughs> balls yesterday, like two balls the week before. He's garbage. Yeah, My he man let, is like trash. a couple like get right through his hand. Like it just, you know, this we is, we listen. He has the talent, so we expect more. This That's is how it. sample size works with the casual fan. Go on. Like some one guy has a bad game, oh he sucks. Yeah. No, it's not one no, game. No, it's, it's not. It's, it's, it's fucking it's a, a year and a half. Thing. Yeah, he's he, trash. He literally broke records for an entire season. No, but he had, sucks though. And what had, records did he break? Had one of the one of the most broken down forty year old quarterbacks you could imagine. I have a Steelers what, what fan that's arguing against his fucking number one wideout right now. It's not, he's not the number one. Uh, Pickens, number two, Pickens will be number one for sure. Wait, yeah. Deontay Johnson's number one. He's no, currently no. the number one. Yes, but he won't be. Do we want to go over our weekend picks? No. No. Friday. I mean, yeah, we do that Friday. We do that Friday. You wait the entire week to go over the picks from last week? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're just going to do one segment. We just just quietly celebrate knowing that uh, 8-1 is actually feasible It wasn't very quiet for you just now. With Lamar out this week, 8-1 is still on the table. Mm. I'm just throwing that out there. 7-2, though, basically They're quietly creeping up, right? Now they're, they're... there's, they're five and seven. There, now. There, are, there are a lot of teams creeping up. They're in the hunt right now. There's a lot yeah. of teams in the hunt. It's going to yeah. be a fucking wild. The parody of the NFL is so remarkable. It's incredible how it manages to level off every single Correct. year. Correct. Literally every year, yeah. you're just like, oh my God, this team's so good. They start out 15 and 0, blah, and then they lose the final four down the stretch mm-hmm. or the, the final three down the stretch or their first round bounce. And you're just like, what the hell is going on? And yeah. then you're just looking, and it's just like everybody's 11 and 5. Or eleven and six these days, whatever the case may be, it's like it, it is a kind of a perfect storm for the Steelers, where they where they are in, their their team is improving every week. You know, Pickett is getting better every week, and the schedule and, is and the schedule is right, and the schedule is soft. It's a soft schedule, so it's just like yeah, they got destroyed in the first half, but like. If you look at like the schedule and you know quarterback change and rookie quarterback making a bunch of mistakes, his last few games he he really is not making any mistake. He's he's not throwing that that ball that he's trying to force in there, right? I saw him throw like just, just like he he would scramble and then like throw the ball away, and I'm like, okay, that just seems like that doesn't seem like a you know a significant play, but it really is because he's three or four weeks ago he would have tried to like force it in there, throw an interception, and now and now maybe. Of the game, yeah, yeah. keeping the ball right. important. How yeah. does scheduling even work in the NFL? Because I know you have to play like your division <laughs> people. There's twice. a rotating, there's a rotating, um, like uh, it rotates where you play a, like a different division each year, and same, and then um, same thing on the other side. So the other conference, you'll play one division from the other conference, one division from your conference, and then I think it has to do with how you finished. Um, yeah, basically, you season. play your division right. twice. You play a yeah. single division from the AFC, a single division from the NFC. So that's another Which eight rotates games. rotates every year. Yeah. yeah, that's another eight games. And then uh, wherever position you put, finished last year, you play that position of other divisions. I think this weekend is going to be the best um, games of the year Who, so far. Who's on, who's on the docket? We got Eagles, Giants. Mm. Um, Mid. Um, Steelers, Ravens, Jets, yes. Bills, Vikings, Lions. Like, it's all rivalry week. Kinda. I mean, that, that's my... Are you, are you a little nervous for this week? 
Nah. The Lions? Yeah. I mean, the Lions are a surprising team, but it, like you fucking should be. You're a Vikings fan? A huge Vikings. Yeah. You should be nervous. Did as you, a did you not watch the slideshow? Yeah. Did huh? you not watch the 18 minute slideshow? No, yeah, I did yeah. not watch the slideshow. I'm in the mix of my problem. Are you guys insane? You thought I was gonna watch an 18 minute slideshow? <laughs> so my, I so saw like, one picture on that thing, and it was just somehow fucking hissed with a giant candy bar, and I I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that No, so my my pick going into this year, David Baker, who makes all the football picks right said he took the vikings at 22 to 1 that's nice to just just to win the nfc just to get to the super bowl get out of here so i blindly bet it i'm like i don't know what's going on and i'm like oh god this is i just need this because i just need them to get to the championship game and then yeah. i can hedge it all yeah that's mm-hmm. sure let's yeah. go well, nice. lions versus vikings right now is minus one for the lions one and a half for the lions. It's it's it must be in detroit right? yeah. it's in detroit yeah Wow, what are you? What? What? Bro, this is an indictment against your team. What do you mean? They're ten and one, and they're ten and one. one. Listen, Jesus Christ, Dallas! You guys jump off a fucking cliff because they're ten and two instead of ten and one. And you embellish stories. Hold on, but the Vikings already lost the Lions. I understand. No, they haven't. Didn't they? No, they lose to. They lost to the the Cowboys and the Eagles. What was their? It must have been a close game or something. I don't even know if they played yet. I, I don't think they have. I think we play them twice more down the stretch. One sec. But yeah, they've had too many close games. The public's not on the Vikings, but they're finding ways to win. They, they well, won nine no games. No one wants by to play them possession. in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, uh, yes, everybody wants to play them in the playoffs. They won nine games by one possession. Like, no, I don't the know. Bills I don't, don't want to play them in the playoffs. Nobody in the AFC wants to play them in the playoffs. Well, the, the Vikings lost to the Raiders. No, no, that was preseason. Oh shit! I'm looking These at the ESPN. I'm looking at the oh, that's the Eagles. Well, I mean, I Conrad already has him having Eagles and Cowboys. He's right. Yeah. Yeah. Con- Conrad already has him hanging it out against the Lions. They didn't even play them yet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Landon's right. talking He's about guys. the Raiders. These guys. These guys. Yeah. Detroit played somebody that's similar to them. Wow. Who <laughs> they really sandbagged preseason, though. They went 0-3. That's right. They went 0-3. I, uh, I, I don't think it's going to happen because I truly don't think the NFC East is as strong as their record, records uh, represent. Agree. But I would love to see four teams come out of a conference well, or it's out of a division. NFC rather. South, man. They're like projected to get all three wild cards right now. Or is that the NFC no, East? It's East. It's okay, my fault. Yeah. My fault. My fault. My fault. My fault. No. no, NFC oh, well, it was East. Well, well, the same, it was both. Yeah, both. both. Well, both. Well, but no. maybe not after this week. A- a- Going a- into this week, they were three. What? Wow, let me talk. You. No, let me talk. The yeah. NFC East. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm trying to well, say the something. The NFC East is actually all in the playoffs currently. The AFC East is not. The Patriots. They the Patriots were, are a bubble team. But they were well, outside. before this week. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Well, they're not. We're talking about now, here and now, reality. We didn't even here. talk about the game. We're, we're, we're talking about practice. In, we're living in the now, man. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I, don't think, I don't think the commanders are that good. I don't think that uh, even... Well, I definitely don't think the Giants are that good. That's yeah, they're fucking below Daniel mid. Jones is like... You guys are fucking trash. God damn. He might as well... I wonder at what point he's actually going to switch to his you natural hand so of left-handed trash. and start playing like a real man. Yeah. Since we started like <laughs> um, saying that Daniel Jones is mid, have they even won? No. They tied. Oh, they tied yesterday. They did tie. They missed though. a field goal in overtime. You got to respect Fucking the tie. Fucking Gano. You got to respect God the God damn it, Gano. He needs to do uh, more squats. Need more squats. Dallas and Philly are, are legit. Yeah, Philly's legit. For Philly's sure. definitely legit. But uh, but yeah, the the South in both conferences are rotten. Yeah. Rotten, man. I mean, the Titans are going to like win by default. So, so The I, Bucks are winning right now with a losing record. I, I live across the street, literally. Connie's been to my place. Um two blocks from Bank of America Stadium to oh, where yeah. the Panthers play. 
you could not give me a field pass, <laughs> 50 yard line tickets, and unlimited whatever I want. I can't stage. believe they traded McCaffrey. They were legit contending for the South. <laughs> I know. Bro, like, Atlanta yesterday came into the game a half a game back in the fucking South. Did you see that Atlanta score? Yeah. yeah. They knew it was fluff. Like, it's just, uh, they're bad, man. They couldn't win a playoff game if they played themselves. Right. I mean, they knew it was fluff. They wanted as much as they can get from McCaffrey. What did they get for him? Just just draft picks. Draft picks, right? They got a lot of, I think, four picks. I guess picks are, like, Priceless. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's so wild to me that like Rebuilding. draft kick, like like stockpiling draft picks are worth so much in a sense where like you're literally trading a guy that was a first round pick that you would take number one overall tomorrow. Correct. Correct. If you mm-hmm. had the opportunity to, but, in order to get more draft picks, but, but those but I, four draft picks, like that gets the solid. That's get no, no. Solid. I, I get the that, defense, but what I'm saying offense. is, what I'm saying is, if they had the number one draft pick tomorrow yeah, and McCaffrey was on the board, they wouldn't trade that away for the draft so, pick. Yeah, so but he, they traded him for like three first rounders or whatever. But, but, but I'm saying they wouldn't. I don't think they would make that same exchange. Maybe they would, but well, like they did. I mean, I know. No, you're I saying, saying, I'm yeah. saying in theory, like right. people who get the first pick overall mm-hmm. would never trade it away for for stockpiling more pick or not never, but not often. I, I think it's called yeah. hopiism. The true value in draft picks is solely based on how good your front office is at drafting. That's true, too. You see what I'm saying? So, like, like the fact that... There's, like, five teams in the NFL that, like... The Browns have been getting the first overall pick for... You know, so long so, and they were yeah. so bad. It's right. about like finding the value for the pick that that's you right. have. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. And it's yeah, so, I th- I think, so hard. I think franchises like the Steelers, Patriots, Niners, uh, these, these are all like perennial powerhouses when it comes to the, to the draft. They never get an A. They never get a C. Right. They're just like B plus mm-hmm. teams every yep. fucking year. They never draft in the top third. And they're just contenders for decade after decade. Right. The, yeah. The, yeah. They just keep dynasties alive mm-hmm. because the rebuilding years are like what we're looking at right now. And right. it's going to be for a fucking season and they're going to go 500. Okay. Or, I mean, Belichick's okay. game so above good at question, below. question. Next man up. Uh, when it comes to call it the scouting report and the science that now goes into sports, right? There's obviously AI and things of that nature and different trends that are likable for certain positions how are there so much disparity between front offices of like skill or available resources oh this is an easy one to solve people are afraid to change they are inherently yeah. afraid to do things different and use the data use that type yeah, of confirmation say, bias is bad right like so think about baseball right the art of baseball scouting you can talk to this yeah. is so archaic and then you've got and this is a terrible example but like the money ball example of no no here's how we're gonna like put our team together and you have to be thinking different. This is the evolution of product right here. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, baseball baseball has evolved a lot, but there are still a lot of 80-year-old scouts who like will look at a guy's calves and say, he's our guy. Like, it's crazy, right? I, I, I'll, I'll never forget when I was, when I was uh, trying out to like get signed in independent ball or like minor leagues or whatever, uh, I would come and I would throw you know, below average for a lefty. I'm throwing like 83, 84. And at the time, I'm like 22. So what the what's, what scouts are always looking for is your ability to develop. But it's like I don't have anything impressive. I'm six foot tall. I don't have like long fingers. I don't. There's nothing about me physically that would scream uh, he's underachieving by like 50. percent You could dunk though, and we can get him to like 94, 95, right? But I would show up, and they would look at my legs, and they'd be like, "You're you're a dog." We, we like like. You have massive tree trunk legs. You have that dog in you. And we can work with that. And it's like, no, you can't. Like, you don't even get it. Like, yeah, these yeah, mean these yeah. mean nothing. This is useless. Like, mm-hmm. I would take fucking Pedro's whip a thousand times over compared to, like, my big legs. Like, there, there's just nothing. Everything that they think is correlated to talent is just, like, constantly disproven. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? 
Okay, um, question. So are there teams now in the NFL that are subscribing and train, changing to the AI science-based thing that we know of? It's not just AI and science. You, you have to understand that it's strategy, right? Sure. Like uh, there are teams and a lot of them that just overvalue significantly what the EV of picks are, what the EV of free agents are, what the EV of like all these things are. And they undervalue what the, uh, the ceiling is on like homegrown talent. That's why we're mentioning like franchises like the Steelers, the Patriots, the Niners, uh, the Packers, like these perennial powerhouses that are always always in the mix, always in the top third of the NFL. Mm -hmm. Like they they and, never fall and, to and the bottom the third. If you look at the Steelers, when they draft, they don't they don't go after like these superstars. Never, they, almost they, never. Right when they when they drafted Najee Harris, everyone was like, uh, I don't know, like and. You in guys, hindsight, it 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 might have been a mistake. You guys also point. haven't like, got a superstar draft like draft pick like. You weren't never been top. T you haven't been top ten in years. No, but they traded pick. up for Ben. They yeah. traded up for Palomalu. Right. And yeah, like they like, know when to go after. Right, talent. exactly. Kenny Pickett. Um, <laughs> but like this guy, you'll, you'll see. You'll he, see. He's gonna be right in the conversation with Burrow and Herbert and all of these young stars. More he's like be right Zach in Wilson there. and yeah. Zach mm. Wilson and no, Zach no, no. <laughs> and Daniel Jones. No one's gonna know who Zach no. Wilson is in three years. Um, but like, but the Steelers, like you know, they take they take uh, a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman, and then like these pieces are well, so... well, they build core out, right? A lot of right. other teams that, build and, from right, and it it's so important. People like to see like, oh, that's so boring. They took a it took a lineman for their first round draft pick, but these pieces are so important, and and you can right. kind of see like where the Steelers are bad is like our offensive line because we. We may be straight away from that the last uh, year. I don't think they straight away from them. They're just very young. Right. I mean, I, look, I mean, they, they have a very cohesive unit. Nobody on the line has been there for longer than four seasons. Right. Uh, I think it's one of those things where, like, you're even seeing you it in the second a half. Guys and then, yeah. But even looking mm -hmm. at the second half, they've stayed healthy the entire season. They haven't mm -hmm. lost anybody. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, the Steelers have added like 20 yards per game in their rushing attack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? the rushing like, is, is looking a lot better. It's obviously sure. partly because the schedule is getting softer, but it's also because this unit that hasn't really played together very long is finally able to get in reps. Mm -hmm. You know, the 13 games together for the first time ever, like that that's that's a rarity. Yeah. Building core out definitely seems the way to go. It seems like what, like what the Jets did this year. Most, most teams that aren't perennial powerhouses have to draft for just straight talent because they need to make a splash that will get mm -hmm. asses in seats. Mm -hmm. But it just doesn't, you know, it it's never, like the Pirates. It's, it's a short-term thing. It's a right. short-term fix. You can't yeah, build off of it. It's almost like you're trying to find a way, like you take the short-term superstar talent in order to then maybe have a potential future later down the line. Right, but the problem is they don't do anything to set up the future down the line. If, if you were willing to take that talent to get asses in the seats and then trade that talent for more future talent and actually build some sort of core or really work hard on the free agent market, mm -hmm. right? Like that's something that the Steelers don't do. They right. very rarely go after free agents. Minka mm -hmm. is like one... Minka and Jerome Bettis are the only two free agents that really pop out wasn't, in my head. Wasn't Minka, Minka, Minka was, Minka was a trade. He was a trade. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Dolphins, fine. But yeah. still, uh, so was Bettis, actually. They traded a pick for him. Um, so but like, even, even more to prove your point, actually, there's less free agents then. Yeah. Well, they sign free agents, but like they do it in a very economical way. Mm -hmm. Right? Like mm -hmm. They get guys who are on their third contract that are still performing at a second contract level. And so they know they're not going to have to pay them heaps and they're right. going to bring them in for two or three seasons, make them a home guy, have them nurture the next generation coming up, whatever. Damn, um, the Dolphins are salty.
Yo, Minka is fucking, fucking Minka. Minka Jesus Christ. Do you know what Minka would do on the Dolphins right now? Yeah, Bradley Chubb. But you can't, oh my God. No, no, no. You can't look at it that way because the Dolphins have really rebuilt since that Minka trade. And uh, I believe they got a first rounder for it. Maybe not. I don't think they did. The think... second rounder. I, I can't recall for what the they Minka got. Trade? But, oh, I'm pretty yeah. sure it wasn't anything that. It was just... a high draft pick for whatever it was. It was first yeah. or second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, it's, it, it's just like what we got for Claypool. Right, Claypool was a, a, a mid-second rounder, I believe, for us. And we were able to get what's probably going to equate to with the Bears' season shaking out, an early second rounder now. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers... Thank uh, you, thank you, Packers, for coming through and beating, a, uh, yeah. <laughs> beating the... They did get a first-round right. pick. They got a... Um, the Dolphins drafted... Da, 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 da. Yep, so it looks like they got a 2020 first-round... 2025th round and a 2021 sixth round. Right. And I, I don't know who they drafted with those picks, but I bet <laughs> at least one of those picks has turned into a contributor. Also, coaching is good now for the Dolphins. Mike McDaniel's a beast. Knows how to take accountability. Yeah, they, they, they need to bring back Dave Wanstat. Who the fuck is that? Adam Gase is gone. Thank God. Uh, Dolphins. Oh, the, Dol- the Dolphins are good. I went down for the uh, for the Bills game this year. I think oh, week right. three or four. Yeah, and they won. Of, yeah, when they beat them, was in a Vikings jersey. Got heckled. Uh, <laughs> I wore my Vikings jersey. I, I went, love that you wore your Vikings you, jersey. I to, went to a game uh, yeah. in Arizona. I think three or four weeks ago when they Seattle was in town. Wore the Vikings jersey, and people are like, "Why are you wearing that?" I mean, like, they're, they're like, right. I'm a Vikings right. fan, but yeah. it's funny because you'll Steelers yeah, Steelers fans do that too. Yeah, of course they do. You'll you'll see uh, like every like Monday night. There were so many Steelers the, fans in fucking Atlanta. The Atlanta oh game was God. like Christ. It was a home in, game. Indianapolis, too. Uh, Indy's even closer. So, like, like they traveled, hours, right? yeah, yeah, they traveled yeah. super well to that. Mm-hmm. But Atlanta's crazy because they're like, they just live there. Yeah. Right. Year round. They're just like, now nah, we're Steelers fans, but man. That, like, that, yeah. The Steelers, that's everywhere south, though. That's that's everywhere in the country. There's Steelers fans like everywhere in the country, yeah. no matter where you there, go. There's always these like little narratives that uh, crop up too that like help facilitate it. So uh, I don't know if you guys remember Ironhead Hayward. Uh, he was a fullback for Atlanta, but he he was a Pitt alum. Uh, so grew up in Jersey, went to Pitt, uh, was drafted by the Falcons, and that's Cam Hayward's dad, right. as well as uh, Connor, Hayward. Connor Hayward, who caught his first, first touchdown. touchdown yesterday. Yep. Uh, I saw a clip that they were showing of uh, Ironhead Hayward's first NFL touchdown. And it was the same fucking route. (laughs) It was legitimately the exact same route from about the same down and distance where he was just wide open and the ball got fluttered into his hand. What position did he play? He was a fullback. Oh, he was? Uh, Connor's a tight end. I feel um, like fullbacks are less used these days. Yeah. We have like one of the best fullbacks in the league in Derek Watt. And uh, he... It's, oh, of course, he's a it's like you're kind, it's like you're kind of fast, but you can also block a bit. Like that's the idea of a fullback. Uh, and like you can catch a pass. Well, and it's run. just changed a lot, right? Like Ma- Mike Allstott was a full fullback, and he got the the lion's share of the load. Yeah, well, he's a beast, and nobody Allstott could tackle him. Also, a fucking one of a <laughs> an lifetime. It's not even that he was one of a lifetime. He was a part of an era. He was he was Jerome Bettis. Yeah, it was. He a, might as well been Jerome Bettis. Well, no, yeah. he wasn't as nimble as Bettis. That's the thing. That's why Bettis was a halfback. Right. But that era was very different. Like it was a very much a Smash Mouth era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Barry Barry Sanders was the anomaly, not Mike Allstott. It was nice to see the Steelers play. Like they were like the Steelers of the '90s yesterday, where they just closed the game out with just running the ball, running the ball, running the ball. Yeah, it's nice to see the game end in the offensive hands. Mm. Well, I guess well, it no. ended, technically it ended in the defensive hands. <laughs> yeah, hand, yeah, but, no, yeah. Uh, Mika, Mika ended the game real nice. Putting that punt it's on like, the one. It's was, like, do you want the boring game or do you want the win? Back to Minka. Um, so it was a offensive tackle they took Austin Jackson. So yeah, 
Something, Which something of that core is, so is important. Wait, I mean, that, that's it's, what winning teams draft in the first round, not, it, it, not fucking. It's, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting because, like, being younger, you always think, oh, of course, like, these generational talents are what makes or breaks a team. And then you get older, you're like, oh, they're just kind of, you can find another. No, the generational adjacent. talents, the, the generational talents are, like, the Marquise Pounceys of right, the world. Right, the linemen. That, that you just have mm -hmm. anchoring your center position for, like, 12 seasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know you're you're just always there, and you have the top five run game in the NFL as a byproduct of a center who can pull yeah. and like you know do all the shit that that nobody else can do. Right. Yeah. Football's fascinating. It's like we talk about the parity, and like you see it now as the playoffs are starting to shake out. Uh, in in the AFC, you know, we were like, all oh, the Bills and the Chiefs are so fucking dominant. Like it's it's just it's it's a runaway. Now the Bills uh, have like a half game lead. Uh, the Chiefs are, are shown to be vulnerable to a Bengals team that we thought stunk. That's clearly going to, you know, just run your bias. Yeah, we is you. They sucked the first half of the season. They did, the Bengals. I, yeah. They absolutely sucked the first half of the season. It was the Super Bowl hangover for them. Yeah, I mean, Super you can Bowl say hangover. whatever you wanted to say. Like, Bur they were terrible. Burrow was probably not fully healed from his, um, his surgery, from his appendix. appendix right. Yeah. yeah. So, like, well, but mixed, now they, wait, they from his mixed, appendix? Yeah. He had appendix? Yeah, he had appendectomy. But he had no, but he had it, like, burst. It wasn't, it wasn't, he actually had a burst, so it was, like, it was a, um... Yeah, he was hurt. It was up. more I mean, serious yeah. than yeah, 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 exactly. So it takes a few weeks. To I come like back. how you related yourself to Joe Burrow in your appendix. Well, I'm just saying, like it's it's a. <laughs> I had one too. I know how it feels. Well, it's just like a non thing. Mm -hmm. Like I, I know what it's like. I, I was in the gym the next day. Like it's. Did it's, you? Were you? So I, I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit. You want to like, hear a really funny story? Yes. I also had an appendectomy. Wow, you're a third brother. You're an appendectomy <laughs> yeah, yeah, brother. Yeah, I, I had to join this, but uh, <laughs> I was in summer school and high school for PE. Mm -hmm. I can't make this up. You were in yeah. summer school for PE? Yeah, that's a whole other what story. What the fuck's wrong with you? But let me get to the point about how my... <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. I think we kind of have to pause on that. Why? <laughs> no, no, what, what Why did you have to take summer school Just for gym class? Finish the story. <laughs> so it is July in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. It's 100 degrees outside. And Landon, funny enough, we had to run the mile that day. Wow. So I tell the PE teacher, I can't run the mile. My stomach hurts. Oh, I see why you failed PE. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. And so... Accusatory shit. She looks at me and she's like, you're running the mile or I'm going to fail you. Right? So I'm going to have to take it again. Uh, they're leveraging. Yeah. So I get home and my dad's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, hey, like, I really don't feel well. My stomach hurts. Long story short, we end up at the hospital. I was not in the gym the next day. I missed Jethro Toll, by the way. Mm. I was upset. I still you missed what? Concert. Jethro Toll. Oh. Uh, I'm Conrad. One. I'm 40. Right? Like, this is... Uh, <laughs> So yeah, Jethro Tull had a flute, right? He did have a flute. Yeah. See? Look, or how, or, how or as or as uh, Conrad referred to it, the fiddle. The fiddle. Yeah. <laughs> Same so, thing. I, I don't know. I haven't seen this man yet. I'll let you guys know when I see him. Jethro well, Tull. Yeah. Just oh know that God, he actually it's, has it's a like, flute. It's like it's like the from Armageddon. We're like, you know what really really pisses me off when they think Jethro Tull is just a guy in a band. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> Wait, he's not a guy in a band. No, it's the band. It's the I, name I, of the think, band. Are we about to get a Jethro Tull clip? <laughs> We, we might get a Jethro Tull clip. Wait a minute. So you had to do some school have PE very, because you're very, very excusive? Like yeah. You just like I, I, was just, I was a lazy high school kid. Uh -huh. Like, let's be very honest. This is not the, the guy you know today where it's like 150 miles an hour. I love you, Hish. You're one of the highest performing humans I know. You're soft as fuck. <laughs> okay. I, I want to go back to the hard 75 challenge, Matt, because I was the only person you would not give incentive to. That, that part is true. And, and I was really and, upset. And you were one of the ones who... No, I offered you the thousand just like everybody else. No, you offered me nothing because you were like, I know you're just going to do it. 
Alright, fine. I give you nothing. Uh, there was no I also, You received no points. You were also one of the few who didn't fail that I had to give a reprieve to. Yeah. Uh, I had to give Joanne and Danielle both ice bath punishment. Yeah. But, I mean, to be fair, they both lost on, like, stupid technicalities. Like, Joanne forgot to, like, drink her water one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, um, that was probably the best thing, and I, I think that's what people, Matt, about you and your group of friends here, they, they don't see all the good things you do to bring people together. Because I remember getting that text in December of 2020, hey, we're going to do this challenge. My snap response to you was, uh, I can't do it. Can we start a week later? <laughs> and you're like, you're an idiot. Shut up. Like, and you can do it. And then, you know, I was like in the process of moving down to Vegas, but like still did it. I remember getting to Vegas at like nine o'clock that night with a car full of stuff doing two 45 minute walks outside. It's, it's <laughs> honestly remarkable how, how much social pressure for accountability yeah. weighs on you enough to like stop fucking around. Cause like, it's so, it, it's so easy to say like, I'm going to start something at some other point in time. Like, Oh, Christmas is coming up. I don't want to start a diet now. Yep. Yada, yada, yada. It's New like, year, I'll wait. it's like, well, That'll always be the case, and you need to reframe the the idea of diet because diet doesn't mean temporary. Diet is just like a lifestyle change. It's just the way you eat. Yeah. Right. So it's just like, well, hey, maybe here's a thought: enjoy Christmas without the fucking pie. You could do it. Yeah, I promise. I, you, I know you can do it. Yeah. Like just it eat is. a little extra yeah. ham. Yeah. You know, it's fine. Ham is approved. Yeah. Get a little protein. Ham We're good. It's fine. But yeah, I, I mean, I I actually kind of want it. Hmm. I'm torn. I like want to do it again, but I don't because um, though the results were incredible, uh, I I hate the I hate the notion that I need to um, I, I need to like facilitate this external pressure on me to achieve the same results. Like I feel like my results were were good, but also mediocre enough that like I shouldn't need any sort of extra motivation to do it. Yeah, but but I think your your motivation comes from getting twenty people to collectively do it, right? Like that that should make you feel good because you should be pushing. Well, that kept me from like eating the handful of M and M's when I walk into Jenna's sure. place. Sure, which is small and probably zero impact whatsoever on the final outcome. But mentally, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna lose. It's, it it just switches a gear in you, yeah, right. Like but, it just ensures that you, you add an additional ten percent effort yeah. to. to but, but I think anybody can do it. When I when I tell my coworkers about this stuff, because it's like in one of my intro slides when I go give a town hall and talk, they're like, "Oh, I couldn't do this." I'm mm. Like, yeah, you can. This is like not that difficult. Oh, it's such an easy. Correct. As far as like regiments go, yeah, uh, seventy five hard is something that. I am very confident that 95% of people could keep I up 365 totally days a year. I totally agree. I totally agree. Like it's, it's by no stretch of the imagination, a difficult regiment. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a choice. That's yeah. right. It's just discipline. Yeah. It's just you show up and you do it because you have to. Right. Yeah. And it, it becomes a process that either you like begin to love or you begin to loathe. And if you're the type of person that like would loathe something so simply structured, you're almost drawing dead as far as like a lifestyle lifestyle change right goes. it's not just about the 75 hard like the things on the thing like the points on the dock if you will yeah but it's about the way that you live your life as a whole where it's like if you can't do this stuff you yeah, don't want to do other stuff it's prioritizing very simple metrics right like work out inside work out outside for 45 minutes a day yeah. prioritize that like yeah. figure it out like you can find a 90 minute window yeah. a day wake right? up earlier yeah i'm gonna do it again i do probably, too. probably in january Okay, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, I, I think I want to tweak some of the things. Like, I don't want to force myself to read. I didn't enjoy it, uh, and I didn't get as much out of it as if, as if I would have listened to audiobooks for the same period of time. Mm. So I want to make that correction. 
Can we count podcasts too? Like call it Huberman Pod. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's what I mean. Like it's. I think that whenever you start to adjust rules, it appears like you're trying to soften it or no, or make like it. you w- the way you do because I know you don't read like you listen. Yeah, you can consume probably ten times the amount of data at least. Yeah, <laughs> at least. So yeah, it's like I don't want to adjust the rules to make it easier. I want to adjust the rules to make it more or efficient. You want to yeah. optimize it, right? Like I want sauna to be a part of one of the workouts because forty five minutes in the sauna is a fucking drain. Well, you and if I'm gonna allocate, you can't extrapolate that out to other people because. People yeah, that's fair. Have saunas, that, yeah. That's fair. But uh, what I'm getting at is like, uh, I see what you're saying. That's a time suck to me, mm-hmm. and it is a workout of some sort, right? So yeah. it's like I don't want to have to like I'm not going to stop right. doing that. So I don't want to now have three workouts right. in a day mm-hmm. just for the sake Wait, of you consider the sauna a workout. Yeah. Well, that's what he wants to do. But you should anyway because it's fair. I mean, yeah, like you can. It, it increases your uh, it, it increases your cardiovascular. <laughs> it's almost rate. like spend. I'm going to start coming over and using it. It's, a, it's yeah. almost like spend. Two 45-minute windows of your day, uh, putting yourself through some form of stress. Stress, yeah. Right. Go yeah, to the yeah. sauna, swim for 45 minutes. Yeah, whatever. Like, but that's the thing. Walk. It's like, right. Like to me, it's just restorative like, yoga. This is so silly. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Conrad's taking a nap on the floor, calling it restorative <laughs> yoga, and I'm not allowed yeah. to consider my 45 minutes of torture in well, the sauna. That's funny because you, like, you call it tor- like in my mind, I think of the sauna as something relaxing. That's because you do it for like five minutes. No, at a time. that's because I just don't. I'm just. And also, about it it. Kinda, I don't, I don't, know, any, I don't really know anything it, about it. It, it can be relaxing and be a yeah. stress on your body at the same time. Well, well, it's relaxing for a time. Yeah, and then you get into a point where you have to start like screeching. So, and then how, you spend the next... So like, how do you... What's the optimal um, like usage of it? Like, is there a certain time... You want to build... build and every day? Uh, you want to build into a cycle. Um, night is probably best because... Uh, heat stress will will make you tired after the fact, mm-hmm. but it's also probably worse because you need to hydrate afterwards. Mm-hmm. So like doing sauna, going to bed, not good. Uh, I do it first thing when I wake up, and I do cold hot cycles. So I do three minutes in the cold pool, uh, forty five minutes in the sauna, five minutes in the cold pool to end. Um, but I build up to that. So when I first started, it was like <sighs> one minute in the cold pool, 15 minutes in the sauna, one minute in the cold pool, 15 minutes in the sauna, Jeez. where I would still try to get the 45-minute okay, yeah, uh, yeah. cycle. You work up to um, I, I think I'm a little bit on the extreme. The more that I'm, I'm like buying into the research and stuff, uh, Rhonda Patrick and a few others basically say, like if you can get, uh, I think it's two hours of heat stress a week and 15 minutes of cold stress per week, uh, then you're you're doing everything that you need to do. 15 minutes is spread out throughout the week. You're talking about wait, sorry. The 15 minutes of cold, of the cold stress, stress? Is spread yeah. out throughout so the week. So you just yeah, cold yeah. plunge and then you get. So it's like two minutes a day. Yeah, like basically they're saying like these are the minimum requirements. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of people like if you if you subscribe to like Wim Hof, he'll do like 15 to 20 minutes of cold therapy in one setting. Like ice baths. Like he'll get himself to the point of shivering. Uh, he believes, and there is a lot of science around uh, getting your body to that brink. Uh, that stress like does reduce a lot of inflammation and stuff like that. But you know, it's, it's hard. You have to be a psychopath and it's difficult to actually uh, have that stuff accessible. Yeah. To you. I mean, it's you get a little bit of willpower to just jump into a 45 degree. Well, there's also pool. a big difference, right? Like, so my pool is 45 degrees, but it won't take me to the point of shivering. I would have to stay in for like an hour. Uh, but if you get to an ice bath, that's 30, like 34 degrees. Yeah. yeah you'll get there just within like 10 freezing. or 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, but also, I think you probably, if you're going to do this, you have to like know what you're doing so you don't like give yourself hypothermia, 
right? Isn't it like a risk yeah. if you don't know what you're doing it's, of jumping into like a, a I think it's a lot lower. I think it's generally pump. a lot lower, but you're right. Yes, yeah. there are safety safety issues that, that you need to adhere to. Um, but yeah, to get hypothermic, you actually have to drop your body's core temperature by like multiple degrees. Mm -hmm. And that usually takes a fair amount of exposure. Yeah. Uh, the, the the 15 minute mark probably isn't going to cut it, but yeah, I think like if you start to get into the 30 minute mark, you're you're gonna, you know, be in this dicey territory. Yeah. If you've ever sat in an ice bath, you you would understand. 30 minutes is like 30 minutes. Well, and it's really not an option. No, yeah. right? Of course not. It, I would think like three minutes is. is it gets easier as you're in there. It but does. If well, the general consensus is if if you could do thirty seconds, you could do three minutes, right. and if you could do three minutes, you could do ten. But like, there's a tipping point at some point yeah. where it's like, uh, just because you could do ten doesn't mean you could last for thirty. You start shivering, yeah. and like once the sh once you start shivering, your time is very very limited from that point forward. Yeah, yeah. Hish, have What's you up? heard about this runner runner thing? Runner runner. Yeah, I literally said we weren't going to talk about it today, but okay. You did? Yeah, we're having Lee Jones on tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, we're not going to talk about well, it. Well, then the no, answer is no, and we'll listen to it. We'll tune in tomorrow. So can't wait to hear about well, it. Well, they just posted exactly. a video 12 minutes ago. It's the reason why I, you know, oh. I pulled it up. And now let's, okay. see, let's see what it looks like. Right, let's what, what is Runner Runner? Uh, it's a giveaway that Stars is doing to the PSPC, the 25K. Oh, is this at Resorts World? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, we don't know where it's at. This is in Baja Mar. No, yeah, no, I know, I know that, but I'm saying Lauren, I was with I was at dinner with Turner last night, and he was saying Resorts World's hosting some Platinum Pass giveaway. Oh, they might have a tournament that's giving away a Platinum Pass. Yeah, they're they're giving away infinite Platinum Passes okay. throughout the world, basically. But uh, one of the giveaways is this one that they're organizing with Poker.org called Rudder Runner, and basically they uh, gave a pass to a bounty of sorts, just a human. We don't know who this human is, and uh, this person is navigating from card room to card room across America. And the rules are that they have to play once every other day and upload footage of them traveling and or playing once every other day. Okay. So basically they're dropping clues while navigating across the country. And uh, they have, I don't know what the time frame is, somewhere sometime in January, I believe. But uh, either they get caught um by somebody along the way and that person then gets to win the pass uh, okay or they never get caught and they get to keep the pass themselves that's pretty cool yeah it's really dope okay What's, it's not me it's not you okay no i, I would i would just put you in i think <laughs> i think it's sam sam hill bankman Craig freed, freed. Oh, stop. <laughs> that would be if this funky. guy shows up at the pca i'm flying down to play yeah. <laughs> wait he's there already well yeah but like is he gonna play is wow. the thing how could he not Maybe we could ask him. I mean, also true. Like, it's huh. like four million to get back to creditors. Yeah, that's right. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm playing. We're just gonna gamble a little bit more to pay our creditors back. Like, don't worry, I'm guys. I'm doing the best I can. And he starts playing. Are, poker are you gonna play PCA? Oh yeah. You're gonna play? Yeah. Okay. There's a there's a there's a better than average chance we're gonna podcast from down there. Ooh. When, when is it? Uh, January twenty second to February third. So Berkey's birthday. Traveling yeah, okay, podcast, listen, last time, li listen, podcast. I ended up buying his dinner on your birthday. I'm you, still scarred for did? that. Yeah, yeah, I lost credit card roulette when Dan put in eight cards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wait, like, like, that wasn't my birthday. Oh, that was your birthday. Wait, O'Brien? It, it actually wasn't. Yeah. It was like, it was literally like three weeks before my birthday, but we were all in Tahoe together. And Jeno got drunk and 
proclaimed it my birthday dinner. And it was your birthday. And we're in this like super nice private room at what's that resort called? I don't remember. Just some, it's the only nice place in Tahoe. Super bougie in okay. a private room back there. And Jenna was like, there's 16 of us. Let's play credit card roulette. Dan goes, I'm going to put in eight or nine cards. And I'm like, I'm 100% playing, right? You're yeah. putting in eight or nine cards. It comes down to me and Berkey heads up for this. And Berkey's like, do you want to chop? And I'm like, I want max pain. I'm like, there's no way I'm losing this. Uncle Dan runs so good. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> why did he put in eight? Oh, it was like all of his friends. At oh, his boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had his Costco card in there. He had a business. Like, he, <laughs> he just wants to prove how good he runs. That's what that, really that was, was it. And so, like, that I'm like, facts. man, this is terrible. Uh, is big it was facts. many dollars. Yeah, it was many thousands of dollars. Yeah. Grapple, let's see where this motherfucker's at, bro. I'm on his ass. He used what's popping. I'm not fun. feeling PCA that. would be a lot of fun. Bounty hunters continue the chase. I'm at this undisclosed bank, withdrawing cash for tomorrow's session. Where will it be? It would be foolish to make it that easy for you. Though perhaps I'm the foolish one, as in this video I'm showing you far more than a gloved hand. Speaking of revealing too much, I'm in a state that begins and ends with a consonant. Sorry to disappoint, Cleveland Grinders. Also I may have to log into my Twitter for the first time and write some wrongs. Like when someone calls me out that I'm breaking the rules and I need to show proof that I'm playing an hour of poker. You're wrong about that. And if you want an hour of boring poker, just watch my pale, tracksuit wearing husband's Twitch stream. There I go again revealing too much. See you tomorrow. Unless you're in Iowa, Alabama, Idaho. So That's... It's like in Texas, Washington, trying to think where he could be. I don't know, but he's implying that he's Marley and he's not. Yeah. <laughs> we saw Marley this weekend. She's still here. Imagine that, that would have been a good birthday gift, a platinum pack. Marley. <laughs> if it's you, I'm calling you out. I yo, want the platinum pass. You want the last raggedy sitting in my face? Like, yo, you should go find this guy. You know who it is. Da, 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 da. You should go find this. Does Ben this. know? I'm about to go find no. Marley. Nobody, no way no, nobody knows. knows. Nah, nobody know. knows for sure. Uh, I, I still like your. No, it's it's already discredited. Oh, damn. Who, who did you think? Um, I thought it was. You can say if it's discredited. Yeah. Is it? I'm not sure? 100%. Mm. Yeah, I would say it's discredited. I thought it was Trooper. Who? Why do I even ask? I don't know these people. He's a vlogger. I actually thought uh, there, there were so many coffee references that I thought that that was a legitimate guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't think well, it is Well, Conrad should have used one of his uh, modes of transportation that we gave him to try to find him. Mm -hmm. Like flights to wherever he thought he was. Where in the Midwest starts and ends with a consonant? Indiana. Kentucky? No, no. Starts and ends with vowels. Oh my god! Well, I don't know what a consonant is. Oh, did he say the Midwest? Because oh I just god. went Washington and Wait, Texas. Wait, real quick. Let's Bro. have a consonant and vowel. He just said. He is. just fucking said Indiana. A vowel is right. a e i o and u. Boom. And a Sometimes consonant why? is everything else. Why is not going to count? All right, so it's not Cleveland though. That's okay. Ohio. Yeah. O is a vowel. All right. Right. That's mm. why I said. That's why I said. Oh, it could be Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Sorry, Cleveland. Uh, does Wisconsin have? Uh, it doesn't Michigan. start and end. It counts. Oh, yeah. It's Michigan. No, Milwaukee definitely has. Mm -hmm. I, I bet he's. A, yeah, I bet he's in Milwaukee. Those states are both Potomac. valid. Do we wait? We know that Potomac. he's in the. I never. We know I, this I person is in the Midwest. Well, we have a really strong suspicion. Mm -hmm. okay. He was almost certainly in Cincinnati, and then almost certainly in Chicago. Uh, this almost seems like too much work. For the mm. Platinum Pass. No, no, no. It's so much fun. This, this is, is like, 30, where in the world is Carmen, Carmen San Diego? It's yeah. 30K, too. 
Yeah. Like, if you just happen yeah, to be you like, should fucking work for 30k. Not just like win some fucking rig giveaway because your girlfriend's giving giving out a yeah, seat. Yeah, well, oh, like, yeah, yeah. Gotta work for it, man. Damn. I'm just gonna ask Marley and Ben. I want a platinum pass. I don't think it works that way, no, man. You have to walk up to them and so. then say, uh, just be very phrase. accusatory. Like Ben, what, I know what's it's the you. phrase that you have to say. Uh, do do you like something about rabbit hunting? Yeah. God, how do I not know this? I should have this memorized just in case. I, I'm very curious about like what the the whole implication of it being Marley is. Like, I guess he's just like throwing out non-clues also yeah well stars mm -hmm. i'm sure stars representatives no 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 i know but i'm just saying like what's that when, called a, a red herring well, yeah he, he said a red Watts, herring is a distraction he said mm -hmm. watch spraggy's stream right yeah for clues oh i think that i think he said like, watch my husband scream for clues or something like right, that but he said my husband like, yeah he's i know implying I, this. I, I, I'll, I'll tell said, you well, maybe a guy but we don't know i'm gonna tell you how i'm gonna crack this case right oh, now shit. okay I'm going to invite Marley and Ben out to dinner tonight at Lakeside at Wynn. <laughs> Amanda, sorry, they're going to come. And then you have to ask her if, no, no, no. if I'm just she gonna, likes to rabbit hunt. I'm just going to take Ben's phone and find out who he's texting. <laughs> nah, he's not. He has, a, he has no inside information. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he doesn't? you're doing this all wrong. No. you got to abide right, okay. by the rules, okay? Nobody like, has any inside information insider. on this. All right, all right, all right. God, typical fucking he, banker, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with informantism. I'm sorry, what? Like he's just an informant now. Who? Ish. Oh, for who? For us. That's right. I'm so lost. With he's what? gonna try to find out information for us, which oh. is gonna be all wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly. Agree. So I, I might actually be excited to play the PCA. There if, you go. If you what? just might be. They're giving. There's a, there's a <laughs> well, lot. I mean, of it's extra in the Bahamas. Seats. Yeah. There's the a Bahamas. lot of extra seats. You should come. What like, does that mean? They're giving away a lot of platinum passes for this. So. You know, a lot of people that aren't playing a 25k normally are going to be playing. But I remember when I tried to play this three years ago, it's not a normal 25k because there's so many people in there. Yeah. yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it's not, yeah. It's going to be okay. big. It's very good, though. Okay. What's good. the guarantee on this tournament? 15 million. Ooh. Wow. Massive. Right. That's nice. I'm excited. Pish. It's been a pleasure. Oh Thank you God. so much for Thank sharing you all yes. of your information with us. Thank you, as always, for uh, being an only friend. All good. We will be back tomorrow, 10 a.m. As always, we'll be joined by Lee Jones. He's going to be giving us some information on the Runner Runner as well as he's working closely with Poker.org with this giveaway. Uh, we'll also pick his brain a lot about the old Stars days, talk about Black Friday, pre-Black Friday, uh, as well as you know what it was like to manage the biggest online room in the world at the time. Um, I think that's going to wrap it for us. Nothing to plug today. We're going we're gonna to give you guys an ad-free show. Yep. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. See you guys then. Later, squad. Peace.